You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. All right, let's roll. It's talks of DFS. DailyRoto.com. DailyRoto.com slash FNTSY. Get 10% off. Use the same tools that uh, millionaire maker Drew Dinkmeyer uses. They don't just work for football. They work for baseball as well. He used these tools to make it to the uh, live $150,000 grand finale uh, last year. DailyRoto.com, uh, optimizers, uh, you know, and like I said, it's not just for the uh, the daily DFS uh, player, but you really, you know, you're really putting yourself in a tough spot if you're not using these tools. But for a better as well, you can never have too much information. Of course, countdown is on right now. National Championship basketball game. We never got Tony Sincata's uh, thoughts. Uh, Cam has uh, left the building. It's now just uh, me and Tony. Uh, and uh, let's talk some uh, Major League Baseball DFS, but Tony. College basketball championship game uh, tonight. Villanova Wildcats are seven-point favorites uh, right now. Total is 144.5, 145, depending on your sports book. What's your thoughts on this game tonight? What are you doing with it? I'm going to the under in this game. I know you were talking about the uh, over earlier. I, you, you I will tell you, that... six of the last eight title games have gone under the number. Yeah. Six of the last eight. I, you look at it, you play on Saturday night, right? And you build up, it's everything to get in the finals. Then you got to sit around in a hotel room for two uh, for two days. You're playing this big, enormous arena with the raised court. It's not the most uncomfortable environment. Michigan, a strong defensive team that likes to, to stop the three-point shot. I think it goes slow in the first half, and I think this game goes under the total. I hate that raised court. No one likes it. It's yeah. tough. The players see their heads sticking up. It Guys should be illegal. They're going to fall. Remember a guy did break his leg a couple yeah. of years ago. You know, like at what point? Like they, and they say, oh, it's for the kids. You guys don't care about the kids. You wouldn't have him playing with a ledge. You got a six-foot no. ledge. You know? You'll notice, The went over two rows the other day. I uh, know. I said that. And Wagner, I said, damn lucky he didn't get hurt. You'll notice some players sort of ease up, man, when they get to the, the, the edge yeah. of the court. Because it's funny. I used to have a, uh, I used to have a hoop on a roof. On like a fourth floor roof, man. And we used to play. And we used to play when we were drunk too, dude. And like, man, like the ball would go off the roof often. Like we, we were like, you know, I wasn't getting too close to the edge, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's just, I don't know. I've never been a fan of that race court stuff. And they should just play these games in a damn arena as opposed to the stadium. But all right, so you're saying under. What, what about the game itself? You think Michigan uh, can hang uh, around? Do you think Villanova smokes? Yeah. It? I see. I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards Villanova. I know. I don't think they smoke them, but I can see a double-digit victory, and that's why I don't. I, I won't bet as much on the as I do on the under in this game, uh, because I think that you know it could be ten, twelve, and that all of a sudden you know one or two possessions turns to seven. See, I'm going the opposite. Actually, I'm, I'm betting, and I'm a Michigan fan, but I'm betting more on the over, and then I'll sprinkle a little bit on Michigan on the money line, and I'll take a little of the plus seven. But sort of my gambling insurance if Michigan doesn't win. Uh, this game, I think it's going to get into the high 140s, low 150s, I, you know, mid 150s even. Uh, maybe I'm misreading this. Uh, maybe I'm misreading this. All right, so uh, let's get in and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll go over the games once again before we're done uh, here 
uh, with you. But let's talk some Major League Baseball DFS uh, right now. No NBA uh, tonight. Let's start off uh, with the pitching. Uh, Charlie Morton's the most expensive uh, pitcher uh, tonight. We have the Houston Astros hosting the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, last year, Morton had a career year. 163 strikeouts, uh, Tony. Uh, 1.19 whip. Uh, Batters uh, just had a, a 228 batting average against him. Uh, what's your take on Morton tonight? Are you willing to spend the money on him? I think he's a little expensive. Like, if you're playing in uh, some cash games and you want to throw him out there, go ahead. I think that you've got to try to get some Houston bats in your lineup, and it's impossible to put Morton as your pitcher and get a couple of those bats in your lineup. It's just too much money. It doesn't come out too much. So I think you've got to try to gamble. If you do Morton, you're going to have to go low and go down to a Brian Mitchell or such um, there. So I think there's problems putting Morton there. I think he's a strong play. Uh, I think him and Mike Clevenger are two guys that will succeed tonight, but I don't think you get enough points there. And I think when you go lineup construction, I think the problem is you're not going to get enough bats to win a tournament. You could do all right in head-to-head, but you can't win a tournament. We brought up uh, Tanner Roark before, but the fact of the matter is they might not win this game. I mean, you look at the number, the odd makers. You know the the Atlanta Braves are only plus one hundred five. It's not like the it's it's not like oh yeah the Nationals are locked to win this game. What's your take on him at ninety nine hundred dollars? So see, we're only pricey. Too, too yeah, I was just gonna say player. we're only five. He's no ace. Like why? No, why? it's expensive. Yeah, we're only five days into the Major League Baseball season, so I, I haven't figured this out yet. I think DraftKings has a new algorithm for baseball, and basically what they do is they take just the pitchers for that day. And they base the prices on the pitches that day because there's no way in hell the Tanner Roark's $9,900 pitcher, right? So you have only, you know, nine games that went down. To hey, the you could argue, stars. you could argue, Tony, if you want to take a shot. And look, Cam, you and Cam both thought that the Braves could win this baseball game. Yeah. You could take a shot with Sean Newcomb. He's cheap uh, tonight. And yeah. you, know, you want to talk about strikeouts, man. The guy had 108 strikeouts uh, in 100 innings uh, last year. He's a strikeout guy. He could he could strike out some uh, nats tonight. Yeah, I actually sent you guys a lineup where I said uh, uh, you, you got to have big nuts to, to put this one. I put this in a $33 tournament, and I actually Ooh. am going to go with Newcomb in one of those um, uh, big tournaments tonight. And I am going to put Newcomb uh, in a strikeout uh, situation with um, Lopez Ronaldo of the Lopez. White Sox. Yeah, Taking Ronaldo the Blue Lopez. Jays. Yeah, the two Blue strikeout Jays guys. The Blue Jays strike out 22% of the time against right-handed bats. And then I'm going to load up with all hitters uh, there. And I think that's the way to go attack a tournament tonight uh, there. And like I said, I put them two together there in a $33 tournament. Now I played in a single-entry tournament. And I did the opposite, and I played some cash games. I went Charlie Morton, and I went with the San Diego pitcher, former Yankee Brian Mitchell. Brian Mitchell is not going to strike people out. Brian Mitchell keeps the ball on the ground. It's all grounders. He's going to stay in the game, and you hope you sneak out a win. You're not going to get, and you're hoping to get 13, 14 fantasy points there. Um, so that's the way I, I'm going at it. Two styles tonight in a, in the games where I'm going to play cash. I'll go Morton or Clevenger, put him with Brian Mitchell, and then get some decent bats in. And then in big tournaments where I put $3,300 tournaments, I'm going to go to uh, the the young pitches and try to get some strikeouts and just load up on all hitters. 
All right, what about some of these guys at the bottom of the board uh, here? Bartolo Colon, $4,700, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to pretend he's not even out there. Like, he's not an option for me. He's, Cologne's a problem because, like I talked about Mitchell not getting strikeouts, Cologne gets even less. And yeah, the Oakland yeah. bats, uh, I hit or miss. Like, there's a lot of – they're like a men's softball team. Uh, they go deep a lot, and they, and they strike out a lot. But if Cologne can't throw the ball past him, we're, we're, we're opening ourselves up to the home runs. All right, so the second cheapest pitcher of the night is this kid, Trevor Richards, who's just blazed his way through the minor league system of the Marlins uh, right now, making his major league uh, baseball uh, debut. Um, He struck out 158 batters in 146 innings last year, but that's with uh, Class A, Advanced Jupiter, and a double A with uh, your Jumbo Shrimp. You know, not not the best quality of opponent, but obviously he's one of their future, you know, prospect aces here. At least they numbers, Yeah, yeah, the numbers are great for this kid, but this is a long – he's going to get the Boston Red Sox, uh, a team that uh, makes it throw deep into counts. Um, You look at it, it's not a bad number for this kid. He had the nine-point strikeout. He had 9.20 strikeouts in that 75 innings at AA. Uh, He doesn't walk guys. Like a lot of times when you get guys that strike out guys at the minor league level, like Newcomb, they walk guys. He doesn't walk guys either. Uh, So you're a Red Sox fan. What can you tell us about Brian Johnson? Uh, It's the first time he's ever been on the opening day roster to start the season before. Uh, You know what? He pitched last year, though, and this is pretty interesting from a betting perspective. The Red Sox won all five games he pitched in last year. Yeah. So this kid was a first-round pick. People don't realize. He was picked first round in the draft, and he has no numbers that can make him a first-round pick. Basically, he doesn't strike anybody out, right? He doesn't walk anyone. Uh, what he does do, and he, he lets fly balls up, tons of fly balls. But this is the biggest stadium in baseball. It's the perfect park for Brian Johnson. So I think he has an opportunity tonight to do well in this game. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, he's not going to get enough strikeouts. I pr- I would not play him tonight. Yeah, I'm going to be betting on him. Uh, you can bet on Brian Johnson, but you can't play him. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet on the uh, the Boston Red Sox. All right, um, who else do we have? Just throwing you know throwing darts. If you, I'm seeing if you like anybody cheaper here. So yeah, Brian Johnson, sixty nine hundred dollars. Lopez, sixty two hundred dollars. Tony, it's a pretty pretty decent price here. And as you mentioned, the Blue Jays do strike out a lot. Yeah, you're looking at Lopez, and I think it's a good opportunity in this game. And he's either hit or miss. I mean, he's all over the place. He's got one of them live bombs, and we're hoping for the best tonight uh, from Lopez. But this is a kid that was the centerpiece of them building for the future. Uh, He's still 24 years old. Last year at AAA, he struck out 9.74 in 47 innings. He only had 5.66 strikeouts at the major league level. That number's going to rise. He's just a strikeout pitcher at the minor league level. He throws the ball hard and he's going to make some plays the one thing is another guy that lets fly balls up so you got to hope he's striking people out tonight all right so let's talk about the catcher position uh, you like wellington castillo uh tonight yes tony thirty four hundred dollars tell us why Oh, Wellington Castillo. When you look at this game, Jaime Garcia is a guy um, that that's a fly ball pitcher in an offensive ballpark in Toronto. And Wellington Castillo, a guy that can hit well and hits well against lefties. So uh, I'm all over Wellington Castillo tonight. I actually have him both, both my lineups. I see that. All right. Uh, Wellington Castillo. You're going with and, Justin uh, Smoke at first base. Not in the same lineup, actually, you have Ronaldo. you got two lineups, so I don't want to jump around. But the two first basemen that you like the most tonight were Justin Smoke and yep. uh, and Paul Goldschmidt. 
Yeah, so basically there's a big price difference between the two. Uh, when you look at Gold's One of the Jays, Gold's- Tony, sorry. I just want to bring up a guy in the Jays that is freaking killing it is Kevin Pillar so far this year, Tony. Great start uh, to the year for Kevin Pillar. Yeah, so Smoke, 3400 bucks going against Lopez, who I said is a fly ball pitcher. So if Smoke, he's coming out the season like he picked up last year. If he can get the ball in the air, he has an opportunity in this game. Paul Goldschmidt is a guy that's always crushed left-handers throughout his, uh, throughout his year. But you've got to pay big money for him at 4900 bucks. so you're going to have to have save some, some cheap pitchers in your lineup there. So to me, it's Smoke and Goldschmidt. One other guy that I like tonight is Cody Bellinger for the people out there. If Bellinger is in the lineup, but I don't have the lineups out yet. Uh, he is a guy that can go in in play tonight, 4,200. And Freddie Freeman against Tanner Roark. Those are the four first basemen. All right. Uh, let's take a look at the second uh, baseman uh, for uh, for Tony Simcata. Second base tonight. You're taking a look. Uh, uh, you're, you're keeping it simple tonight. This is where you start to spend some money, Tony. Yes. Jose Altuve, right? Never a bad yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Going against Chris Tillman, a guy that we talked about. Um, they're a fly ball pitcher in a good ballpark here. I think you can also, if you wanted to, if you're not a guy that's going to put Lopez in your lineup, I think both guys in Toronto are cheap tonight, Travis and Salate. And Travis is hitting leadoff. Salate's hitting the fourth spot, 32 and 2,900. Uh, you could put that. Or in the same game, Johan Mancata against Garcia is where I'd go at the second base. So uh, talk to us about Adrian Beltre uh, tonight. Why Adrian Beltre? Adrian Beltre tonight, the old man, uh, continuing to uh, – he's a guy that always gets it done, right? Uh, when you look at the Beltre game um, – He is so underrated. No, no one ever really talks about him. No, you ever seen when come, someone touches his head? Do you feel like uh, he should be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, his, probably, his numbers are probably going to be getting there. But have you ever seen uh, You ever seen someone touch his head? No. I'll send you, like, I'll send you videos. He has like a phobia. Like, he freaking hates it. So, you'll see sometimes, so guys, the, his teammates will touch his head, and you'll see, like, he nearly punches them and stuff. It's freaking hilarious. Andrew Triggs, strikeout per nine, 6.89. Uh, he doesn't strike anyone out. Uh, he hit ground balls. Or, uh, ground balls is only 49%, so that's less than half the time. So, we're looking at a guy that gets ball in the air that can't strike people out, and he doesn't have a real dominance over right-handed bats. So, Adrian Beltre certainly in the lineup tonight. Beltre is one of those guys that when you play DFS, that you always have in your lineup against lefties, but you can go righty on righty with him tonight. When I look at that third base position, um, Josh Donaldson has a, has a good matchup, but he's not, you know, everybody says, oh, he's fine hitting. Well, he hasn't been killing the ball, so I'm not going there. Uh, Chris Tillman against Alex Bregman. Bregman's a good play, but I'm going to pay 4300 Anthony Rendon of the Nationals has always hit lefties well, but his price is a little expensive at 4400 as well. Right. Uh, I just can't believe Bartolo Colon is still out here, man. Like, I thought just... he got waved. Did they bring him back? He won't man. You don't remember last year he got lit up a couple of times and he stated, if I don't pitch well in the next start, I'm retiring. I don't like this. And uh the the manager of Minnesota said, No, 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 we need you, don't retire, don't retire. And I don't know, he wants to retire, but it just goes to show Tony that pitching depth is so freaking thin in the United States of America right now that Bartolo Colon wants to retire and he just can't. They keep giving him jobs. I don't understand why they don't just pay a minor league $100,000 instead of paying these guys, you know, a couple million dollars to come up and just eat up innings. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. 
Yeah, you're right. You're telling me there's there's got to be a guy on the AAA team, right, that gets given yeah. five innings of four-run baseball? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Boy. crazy. It's the amazing. Cubs are still being one hit in the eighth inning. I wanted to bring up Roughnet or Door. Um, really struggling so far, Tony. One for 12 so far this year. Yeah. This is a guy that is um, – he's a guy that you only play in tournaments because if he hits the ball, he's going to hit it out of the ballpark. And he's thirty four hundred bucks, so you're not getting any bargain on a guy that's absolutely struggling. He'd be a guy I definitely would ignore. Yeah, rough Edward Door's greatest hit was uh, when he punched uh, Jose Batista in the face. Yes, that's <laughs> another thing. Like you talk about Bartolo Colon, right? Still being in the league. How is it Jose Batista is not in the league? I was very surprised by this. I thought the Rays were going to sign him. Yeah, he lives in Tampa. I know, and he basically begged them. Like, yeah. um, I guess he really is that disliked in clubhouses amongst other players. That much. I mean, yeah, it is. You know, and he's not even asking for that much money either. I was very surprised. I can't believe he hasn't gotten a gig yet. All right, we'll, we'll continue to go through the DFS. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Line up block live, game time decisions, red heat and rage. I have Gabriel Morenzi alongside Jumbo Shrimp, Tony Sincata. Got a one. Love it. that. You like this? Love, you like this? Love tour? that. Yeah, yeah. It's like a jungle out there. <laughs> you ever, you ever uh, go out dancing, Gabe? Uh, nah, I don't go out dancing, but if I'm really drunk, I might dance a bit. Not much, but, you know. Cam was grooving when we were in Vegas. Yeah? He's, he's yeah, a big yeah. dance guy? Yeah, Cam, Cam's actually pretty light on his feet. Yeah, yeah, for a big guy. Cam's not a bad dancer. Cam, now, like, when he goes what, to weddings, he takes over the dance floor and stuff, you know? Yeah. When, you, when you're when uh, you on stage and you're crushing it uh, with the metal band, uh, what are your moves on stage like? Well, I can't move around too much because I'm singing at the same time. So I'm kind of stuck, but, yeah, I got to tell you, the bald head, banging your bald head doesn't work the same without the hair, flop, you know, you know, banging around everywhere. <laughs> so now, now I'm, I'm much more stationary now, Tony, than I used to be. I'm old, too. I can't move around too much. You know? So I go to see a lot of live music, and I got to be honest, I am, uh, I, I, I hate the live music scene now. And I get so pissed off watching it, I I, uh, I get really annoyed. When I go to a club and I see a guy that's reading the effing words off his uh, iPad, that oh, annoys yeah. the shit out of me. <laughs> and then 
when I hear a keyboard or a, a, a saxophone and there's no keyboard or saxophone player, that's a problem too, and I immediately get pissed off. <laughs> Is there a lot, of, a lot of local clubs in Jacksonville? Yeah, they like yeah, metal. yeah. Like they the, like metal in Florida, don't they? Is there like a metal, a lot of metal shows there? Oh, yeah. You could play down the beach down here, and uh, people go wild about it. You know, they, they, they get covers, and they go a little wild about it. Really? They have metal uh, metal shows on the beach there, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, man, me and Cam got to come down to Jacksonville sometime. We get, we're going to have to do it during an NFL weekend. Yeah, yeah. We'll get some drink, go to a Jags game, and uh, exactly. <laughs> Strip clubs, strip clubs, metal bars. When the schedule comes out, I'm, I'm going to figure out after this. We went to two games in one day this weekend. We went to the baseball game and went to the hockey game at night. So in Jacksonville, between Atlanta, Jacksonville, Tampa, and Miami, I'm figuring there's a way we can go to two football games in a weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely if you do college, right? Oh, you yeah. Know, Saturday, yeah. Saturday and Sunday, that, that, you know, we could definitely so, work that out. That's pretty cool. I lived in Missouri for three years, and we did three games in 24 hours. We went to the University of Nebraska at the University of Kansas, and then we went to the Chiefs at Arrowhead, and then we went, drove to the Sunday night game, uh, the St. Louis Rams. And so How we did far three is Jacksonville with, to Atlanta? Uh, five hours. Oh, it's five hours. Huh? I got a buddy in Atlanta. I got I to gotta get down to Atlanta. Atlanta's a good town, too. Telling me the best strip clubs uh, says great strip oh, yeah. clubs in Atlanta. They cost. <laughs> you gotta bring. You gotta bring your checkbook though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. One game we didn't talk about so far here tonight: Colorado and San Diego. Uh, Chad yeah. Bettis on the hill tonight against Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell got lit up in the spring here. Tony Bettis is the dude that had cancer. Um, what What do you make of this one? I think the Rockies should win this baseball game. It's actually a pick 'em at minus uh, minus one ten. Uh, but uh, Mitchell this year yielded 11 runs, struck out 10 over 12 innings during the spring. Ugh, 11, 11 runs in 12 innings. Now, listen, I know that spring training, the preseason numbers yeah. in baseball are kind of irrelevant, but, you know, they're not totally irrelevant. I mean, this guy's not a great pitcher to begin with. What, what, what do you make? I think Colorado wins this game. And any love for Bettis in this spot tonight? No, I'm actually going to. Yeah, I think it'd go Bettis, but I'm actually gonna take a shot on Mitchell. Mitchell actually pitched well um, in AAA last year at the end of the year when they used him as a starter. And when you look at those numbers, they're sort of distorted because I think most of those happen in one uh, spring training start. And he's a guy that keeps the ball on the ground. He's not gonna get you a ton of strikeouts, uh, Mitchell. There, so basically the attraction is the price uh, there. Uh, you're looking at it right. right? And you look at Mitchell in this situation here, and we got a, a relatively close Las Vegas line here. So I don't think anybody's expecting him to get killed. Um, I can look at Mitchell as a guy, look at it, 14% strikeout rate, which is nothing you want to go. But last year at AAA, he had 14 starts. His FIP was 2.18, and he struck out five, 25% of the starters in his last 13 starts at AAA. Uh, we've got uh, the Indians and the Angels uh, this evening. I'm actually pretty bullish on the Angels coming into this year. I think they're going to contend for a playoff spot. Um, they're they're off to a nice start. They're 3-1. and one. The Cleveland Indians were in Seattle. Now they roll into uh, Los Angeles. Clevenger on the hill against J.C. Uh, Ramirez. Ramirez missed the final six weeks of the season uh, last uh, year. Uh, what, what do you make of Ramirez uh, coming into this game? Pit, you know, guys coming off injuries, always a little yeah. bit of a gamble with his first start uh, here. And uh, Clevenger, uh, Clevenger looked good uh, to close the season yeah. off last year. 
He's from Jacksonville. He's not a Jacksonville shrimp, but he's from uh, Jacksonville. Who, uh, Clevenger. Florida. Mike Clevenger is, yeah? Yes, yes. Uh, JC You got them all. Grayson a- Allen, Mike Clevenger, Tony Sincata, <laughs> Celebrity Central. Uh, you know what's crazy about it is I worked on Sirius XM's fantasy channel, and there were three guys on that channel from uh, Jacksonville, Florida. How, how do you figure that? <laughs> JC Ramirez up. doesn't strike people out. He's a caper nine's around six, but he's a competent pitcher, but he's going to put balls in play, and he does allow home runs, and that's the wrong batting order. I get I get to lean to Cleveland in this one, and I like Cleveland from a betting perspective. Yeah, you know what? You like Cleveland from a betting perspective here, huh? Yeah. It's just such a, yeah. a toss-up. Yeah, but you get, you get a decent line in that game for uh, Cleveland, who should be favorite most of the season. I see here Francona says that Danny Salazar needs another month uh, before he's going to be uh, before he's going to be ready. All right, so I think uh, Francona got... needs another month to what to uh, digest him when he gets out of the mound. Good, uh, Francona is a great manager. He is. I mean, that's the one thing, man. Nice guy the, too. Like Francona, he was fan. He was an. They still love player, him, man. Oh yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They still love him expo. when he comes back. Yeah, with, with Brad Mills. You know, Brad Mills yeah. is bench guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they Brad like, Mills has been forever. Yeah, exactly. He's been his right-hand man forever. They got to know each other with the Expos. The Expos in the old days, in the late 70s, Tony, early 80s, late 70s, they had a uh, the bench guys were called the uh, the bus squad. It was like, you know, Brad Mills, Terry Francona, and, and so these guys would sort of come in and pinch hit and stuff. They got a nickname, the, the bus squad. And, yeah, it shows Francona's loyalty, right? I mean, Mills goes wherever they go, but... You know, they were with the Expos, and Brad Mills was a longtime Expos coach, actually, you know, assistant, and goes to the Red Sox. But after they won the World Series and stuff, they didn't get all big time. Like, they were playing against the Toronto Blue Jays, and I saw Francona and Mills, and it was right after the Red Sox won the World Series for the first time. And there was a lot of media around him and stuff. And they took time out, man. They were like, you know, no, no, these guys are from Montreal, old Expo guys, and... You know, Mills and uh, Francona. Francona was swamped, but Mills came over, did an interview with me for like 10, 15 minutes. You know, class acts, those guys. I just wanted to share that. We talked you about know, Dave Forgetti being a jerk, but Francona and Mills are good guys. So you're okay with them? Now, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay who, with was your fa- who was your favorite expo of all time? Uh, Vladimir Guerrero. Although he pissed me off with his Angels Hall of Fame thing. But Vladimir Guerrero, when I was a kid... I liked Alice Valentine, the right fielder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Warren Cromati? Did you like him, too? Yeah, the Crow, I did, I did. I liked them all, Andre Dawson, but hard not to be a big Gary Carter fan, too, as a kid, you know? Oh, that's true, man. You know who my yeah. favorite baseball player was when I was a kid, Tony? Like, dude, I was an Expo fan, but I also liked the Dodgers. And for some reason, it's a strange player, but I had all his baseball cards, and he was my favorite Dodger, was uh, Dusty Baker. Oh, Dusty Baker. Now, uh... You know what was a crazy? Dusty was a, a good player, but I never – and this tells me maybe there is racism in the United States. Sometimes I, I think there isn't. Uh, but what, people <laughs> hated Dusty based Baker. And I can't Dude, figure he out gets why. Criticized, no, he gets he, criticized more than other people, don't you? Like, yeah. oh, Dusty will screw it up. Dusty this, Dusty yeah, that. It was insane. I, re- I remember when he left Cincinnati, I got into it with Pat Mayo. He goes, Dusty Baker's an idiot, a bad manager. So I put him on a spot. I said, why? Why yeah. is he a bad manager? He said, well, he doesn't believe in analytics. I said, yeah, he's been a World Series. He's won a bunch of divisions. Like, why is he a bad football? Why? And then he got he left Cincinnati. 
And I remember all these analytics guys. Oh, this is so great. The Reds are going to get way better. Dude, the Reds went from being a playoff team with Dusty Baker. Listen, is he winning World Series? Is no, but he'll win you he ninety was, games. He'll win you ninety in the games. playoffs. Exactly, he's in the playoffs every year, and, and nobody. Know. You notice that though. He gets credit like yeah, like white guys never oh. do dumb things as managers, right? Oh my God, yeah. I mean, Gabe Kapler should be criticized. Uh, oh yeah, maybe mean... get to, yeah, let's get to <laughs> Gabe Kapler. Okay, good call. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought this up. Actually, uh, oh, like he's giving guys named Gabe a bad name at this point, bro. Like, <laughs> okay, so first off, he pulled Pavetta in the first game, and then the bullpen gave up five runs. What, he yeah. pulled Pavetta in the fourth, like after 65 pitches or something? So he pulled Pavetta. That was one thing. So the other day, guys, he pulled he pulled Velasquez. Yes. He didn't have anybody warming up. There was nobody <laughs> up in the bullpen. He didn't tell anybody. He goes to the mound. He pulls the pitcher. Milner has to start rushing. It was a debacle. Tony, Major League Baseball actually contacted the Phillies and said, hey, Tell this guy to get his act together because this is real. You can't do that. You well, can't you make everyone you wait. Tell the, like, you didn't, yeah. You didn't tell the whole story. So it, here's what happened is he brought in the relief pitcher, right? And the ump felt bad. Yeah, he said, yeah, I'll ump, give you more warm-up pitches. Yeah, he gave him more warm-up. So then the Braves manager came out so and whoa, argued whoa, yeah. and got ejected. <laughs> <laughs> like how crazy is that situation? Yeah, I know, and, and that's why man, the upset. The upset after I did it for the player's health. Because you're right. Yeah. He's not, you're not allowed to get five warm-up pitches. He goes, yeah. I did it for the player's health. And then he said, and I've never seen an up scold a team like this. He said, whoever is responsible for this, i.e. Kapler, whoever yeah. is responsible for this should uh, should face discipline for Major League Baseball. Like, that really was one of the most, like, dude, supposedly the Major League Baseball headquarters were pissed. They were freaking out. And then he tops it off uh, by law, uh, Major League Baseball, you're supposed to let the media in 10 minutes after the game. He did it 19 minutes after the game. So now he's leaving the media because he didn't want to face them because he knows he's a big tool. He's a big idiot. He might not last another week at this rate. He shouldn't. Because that, I mean, the Bra- the Major League Baseball had to do something. The Braves manager got kicked out for for, for nothing, for arguing. He was for arguing right. the rules. For arguing yeah, the, the rules. rules. So what could have been done in that point is that they could have protested the game right there. And then if the if the Braves, I mean, if uh, protest they were already down, win. they never win. But it has to be a rules infraction. And that was a clear rules infraction. That's, I know, how do you kick someone out? <laughs> so I said Pavetta. So it was my bad. It was Nola. I said Pavetta. So yeah, he took Aaron Nola out after 68 pitches. All right. So he took Nola out after 68 pitches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Phillies set a major league record by using 15 pitchers in their first two games. He used. <laughs> Dude, he used 21 pitchers in 28 innings. I'll tell you, man. He used 21 pitch, like 21 different like changes. In three games. Oh, yeah, I'm sure the staff, they're in love with him already, right? Like, I'm sure in the bullpen, like, they must be sitting there going, man, this, so, is, this is worse than we could have ever imagined. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. And there's one more. There was one more. So the Braves coach got kicked out twice in the series. <laughs> and then there's one more situation that happened. So when he got 
pressured after the game about all the pitches he was using. It was, they asked him what they're going to do in the final game as far as pitches, uh, who was available, who wasn't available. He said, don't worry about it. I've got a plan. And then he used Pedro nope. Florian, a utility infielder, to uh, pitch. <laughs> that, that was his plan. <laughs> They're saying, I'm seeing here the reporting. They're already calling up a reliever. Um, here's the, the, the umpire lane. For whatever reason, the pitcher wasn't getting ready. Who got crossed up? I'm not going to place blame on anybody because I don't know. He just wasn't ready. He hadn't thrown a pitch. The last thing I want to do is get somebody hurt. It was already a messed up situation. I will send a report to Major League Baseball. Whoever's on fault at this on the Philly side should have to answer to Major League Baseball for this. Yeah. Uh, uh, MLB I like what Kapler, the- get this, uh, Kapler's asked about his inauspicious beginning to his managerial career. Kapler spoke for more than a minute about the long view. <laughs> <laughs> so MLB determined that Lane handled the, the umpire handled the situation correctly. No, they didn't. And, uh, <laughs> no, 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 he didn't. Like, you know, like, the, how can he handle it correctly? You, you broke the rules and you kicked the other manager out of the game. I think I, I think I think this. It's one of those things like you can go to school for. And this is a real life situation that comes up that ain't in the, that ain't in your textbook. So I think he did the best with what he could here. He you probably, know, Tony, I, don't, I was gonna say, you <laughs> bet you when managers get kicked out of a game, you know there's a fine, right? And it yeah. goes to like you know the pool, and they give it to a charity. Yeah, there's no way they find them. Yeah, that was gonna say like after this, this is when you're like, f you, I'm not paying. Like you can say you already yeah. kicked me out of the game. I'm not paying you guys like for this. I'm not paying you for getting kicked out of a game. For arguing the rules that I am right about. <laughs> yeah. So MLB determined Lane handled the situation correctly. And according to Buster Olney, they added the Phillies received a formal warning letter from the league. And uh, Kapler. Kapler came You're back. three days about the into form- your career. Yeah. Three Kapler came back career. about the. The league is warning the, you to get your Yeah. Shit. About his, his uh, letter. He says, anytime we have a miscommunication, that miscommunication is my responsibility. I'll take full responsibility for it. <laughs> What he the used, hell is going on? He here? used four pitchers to get from the third inning to the seventh inning. Like uh, he's um, wow. He said the Kapler set a major league uh, record for most reliever used through the first two games of a season, and uh, and as you mentioned, has already had to deploy a position player. To, dude, position player. Is September 26th, 17th inning type stuff, Tony. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, hey, buddy, this is your chance. You always wanted to pitch. Get in there. This isn't opening weekend stuff. <laughs> like, like I, honestly, like, all kidding aside, is he going to last the year? I don't think so. Like, I, I don't think he? so. Because they have expectations, too, with Philly. So, don't. Hey, I got one more thing I, I got to hit you with before we go to break. I, I am so... I, I, I think the reporters are the lowest life form of people and the less educated people in the world, and I hate every reporter, and I've never, ever heard anything like this weekend. The fluffball questions thrown at NCAA President Mark Emmer when he talked oh, yeah. about when he talked about can they play players? So he says, no, it's going to be the elimination of sports and females, right? So if I'm the reporter, I would have said, well, you say we're going to have to eliminate females, female sports or other sports. How about if we decided that, you know what, John Calipari can make $3 million instead of $10 million. Could we do that? And there'd be so no answer. He's so full of it, that guy, man. He's the problem. 
Like he didn't know about Larry Nasser. Like he didn't know about Sandusky. All right, we'll get to Tony's lineup on the other side. I promise. His two lineups. I'll share my best bets of the night with you as well. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product. is on about two and a half hours away from tip-off 920 Eastern all right let's get to Tony Sincata's uh, lineups he's got two baseball lineups for us bring him on Tony are you gonna watch sober tonight yes all right yeah uh, I don't want to be depressed if we lose I'll be drunk I'll start smashing things <laughs> Here's my lot that I'm using in single entry. Or, or I'll get suspended. Cash. I'll get suspended from Twitter again. <laughs> oh, cash tournaments. Gonna pay the money for Charlie uh, Morton, eleven thousand one hundred. I'm gonna go cheap uh, with Mitchell against San Diego, fifty four hundred. I don't mind if you go the other way in that game. I just needed a cheap pitcher there. Willing to Castillo. Uh, I'm gonna use against Garcia, thirty four hundred. Justin Smoke, thirty four hundred dollars against Ronaldo Lopez. Altuve, 4,900 against the fly ball. Chris Tillman, Adrian Beltre against Triggs, 3,500. Carlos Correa, 4,900. Mike Trout versus Clevenger, 5,100. Chris Davis, 4,600. And Josh Reddick, 3,300. I feel good about having Trout, Chris Davis, Smoke, and Altuve and Correa all in that lineup and paying for Charlie Morton. I feel like I got a lot of punch there of guys that could get deep. And then in the other lineup, I'm going balls to the walls. And I got my... uh, I got my penis out. You know. You know what? I I gotta tell you the story. I was in a bar. No this cheese weekend. grater. Though. You got your penis out. No. Listen this. to this story. This is a, this is a great story. I, I'm it's just a disturbing. There, right? Disturbing start to the story. Yeah, I'm drinking a beer, and I'm listening to this woman and this guy talk. And the guy says to the woman, out of con- totally out of context, I got a two inch penis. And she said, and she just looked at him, and she didn't want to say. And he goes, two inches from the floor. And then she just broke out laughing, and they continued to talk all night. So it kind of worked for him, I think. Really? Huh? So you're, you're saying that? Didn't you have a date the other night? How did it go? Oh, you know, it, it went. Uh, it went well. It was. Um, yeah, it went well. It, we uh, we spent time in a parking lot where we were, like we were in high school. And, uh, <laughs> at one point. At one point, I got a cramp in my leg, but uh, I continued on. Like, I didn't – I wasn't one That's of these like guys. That's like with age, that, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, man, I got a cramp. <laughs> <laughs> here's the lineup here with Nuka and Lopez. Lineup, 
uh, Nuke Helmet Lopez. I have uh, those as my two pitchers. Then I have Wellington Castillo as catcher again in both lineups. Paul Goldschmidt. Anytime it's a lefty, you can put Paul Goldschmidt in your lineup. Jose Altuve, 4,900. Adrian Beltre, 3,500. Carlos Correa, 4,900. Mike Trout, 5,100. Pollock also hits lefties well, 4,500. And Chris Davis, 4,600. So here's the thing, people. Here are the people in both lineups. Chris Davis against Bartolo Colon. Mike Trout against Clevenger, Correa versus uh, Tillman, Jose Altuve versus Tillman, and Wellington Castillo versus Mr. Garcia. All right. Am I crazy? When's the NBA comeback? Tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Yes. I was going to say it has to be tomorrow, right? I saw on CBS Sports, they were saying on Wednesday. I'm like, they can't be coming back on Wednesday. Tomorrow yeah, night, you have the full, full Raptors slate. and the Cavaliers go at it tomorrow. Exactly. Payback time. The really? Cavs are a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Raptors. Yeah, and it's in Cleveland again. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? I can't believe I can't believe the Raptors are uh, an underdog. Yeah, minus one-and-a-half right now. Yeah, we got a full slate of NBA tomorrow. Toronto, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Philadelphia. I've been so focused Celtics. on college basketball for the last four weeks, right? Comes to a close tonight. This is it. You feel like you're losing something? Uh, I'm tired of watching these kids toss up bricks for the most part. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I'm actually look. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm a Michigan fan, so I've enjoyed the tournament. Actually, it's been a very enjoyable tournament. Um, I, you know, good times. We started out in Vegas. Uh, we were with Jimmy the Bag last week at a bar. I was out at a sports bar in Montreal this weekend. Um, you know, with Michigan fans, so it's, it's been a good time. I've enjoyed it, but. Um, no, I'm ready for some NBA basketball, Tony, and some NBA DFS as well. I'm going to start to increase my uh, my unit sizes uh, for the NBA DFS in the playoffs. Because, uh, you know, I'll be watching every game in and out. I get a good feel for the series. Is It'll be a nice complimentary. Have some fun to go along with the big bets that I'll have in the playoffs. But the NBA playoffs are going to be way cool this year. There's a lot of good teams, man. Even Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be good this year. Oh, I think so, too. The hardest thing about the playoffs is we want to play a lot early in the playoffs because there's more games there, so there becomes more lineup uh, differential. When we get down to, like, the final four teams and we got two games each night, the bottom line is is that, you know what, there's going to be only one or two players difference, and you got to nail that one or two players difference. So this is where, right right, right when we stop, we're going to get fired up. You know what kind of headache we're going to get uh, tomorrow, Tony, going through all these basketball games? Like, trying to figure <laughs> out who's playing, who's benched, well, who's not. Like, it's like we're getting into the final week and a half here now, dude. Like, there, it's going to get pretty sketchy, man. Let's give it up for Mike Dan and Tony. He says, we don't need rest. We need to be ready for the playoffs, and he's going at it. He's taking the uh, yeah, he's taking the aggressive route. Yes. I was going Reds- to say he's taking the... The Bill Belichick group, but Belichick mixes it up. Some years he plays his guys. Sometimes he does. you hear well, what's up with this Gronkowski stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, seems like there's trouble, trouble in paradise, huh? That guys Bill's are finally yeah. going to get tired of Bill. And Bill's starting to get cranky. He's going to bring in a whole new team, I think, uh, and try to do it all over again. Uh, he pissed yeah. Brady off when he kicked his holistic guy. So yeah, if you guys are unaware, yeah. there's been grumblings about. You know, he knew he was going to upset Brady. He did it anyways. So yeah. there's oh, grumblings yeah. now. Gronkowski's injured all the time. He's telling people he doesn't even know if he wants to play next year. Yeah. And, and then when pushed, basically, it's that the quote was, I'm tired of the Patriots' way. I'm tired of Belichick. Uh, you know, he feels like uh, Belichick has it in for him and blames him when things don't go right all the time. 
and it, him and Belichick have actually clashed, you know, for a while, but it's coming to the forefront. And I think it's sort of like the Brady stuff. And then I think, Tony, the Malcolm Butler benching also kind of raised some eyebrows with guys thinking, man, this guy's a dictator, but he's not always right. He just screwed us by benching Butler, right? Oh, I, think, I, I think, think that's yeah. Yeah, giving him the uh, the uh, the opening. But I uh, I said two years ago that Gronkowski would never finish as a Patriot. There's no way that that's gonna finish like that. <laughs> that he's gonna go and he'll be like a Buffalo Bill his final year, and he'll play for two years, and that'll be it. Yeah, we'll get him now that he's damaged goods. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him now that he's that he's damaged goods. But you know, there's grumblings with Brady. Grumblings like. Yeah, uh, it's the end. It's not the end quite yet, but we're getting there. You know, we're we're getting there. You think? Next week, uh, next week is Masters time. When are we going to start talking Masters? Oh, we'll be getting ready for that on uh, uh, starting tomorrow. We'll be getting ready for that. But Wednesday you night, Masters hammer, we'll ham- Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know what happened? Uh, two years ago, I think it was, or three years ago, when Spieth. Uh, was uh, getting it done, and uh, he hit two balls in the water and blew the uh, tournament. I was in eighth place Saturday night in a million-dollar tournament. Really, huh? Yeah. He cost me, uh, I don't know, like $30,000 each ball that went in the water. My highest, uh, my biggest torture once, it was uh, in the football millionaire maker. Uh, it was, uh, I was like 12th place or something like that, pretty late. And... Uh, I don't know who it was, man. Somebody freaking scored two touchdowns, man. And it just, I didn't have them. It changed everything. Same thing. I was going to, I went from, it was like literally like, I think it was like 112, 120,000 or something, Tony. I was like, oh man, this might be the one. This might be the one. Yeah. And, and every time I hit refresh, I was dropping. I was dropping. I ended up so, like winning like 460 bucks. So I put one entry in, so it was $20, and I won $850, right? And I felt like I lost. Anytime you could get $20 in for $850, like you should be the most excited guy if in the world. If you were better, yeah, I know. But in fantasy, yeah. you're like, I, I always feel ripped off, too. I'm like, how high of a score am I supposed to get? Like, you know I mean? like, exactly. I'm like, I felt like I was violated. I felt like Me I was too, laid over people, my car. Because I was tweeting about it too, and I was like, oh, "I finished, I finished thirty six And people were like, "That's damn good, man!" Out of all yeah. that, oh yeah, like, there was like two hundred fifty thousand people. I was thirty six. I got four hundred sixty dollars. Like, I remember. I saying, felt the same way. I was like, "Man, yeah. I'm in the top two percentile here." Like, really? And this is all I, I had? beat two hundred ninety two thousand people to win yeah, hundred bucks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, in betting uh, world, Tony, those aren't the best odds, buddy. You know what I'm saying? No, like, we're fighting no. an uphill battle here. Man. Yes, yes. That's why. That, and that's people. why I'll be honest with you. Now I find myself, I'm like, man, you know, the head-to-head stuff is good, but I like to play in the tournaments. I like to play in yeah. the big ones. And But then I'm like, all right, I don't want to lose money all the time swinging for the fences. You know, I'm putting up 306, 304, yeah. 318 oh, in the yeah. NBA, and I'm still getting a yeah. kick in the teeth. Well, so now I just play the dollar ones and the three dollar ones, and then I do well, and it's like, oh, great! I won twelve bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's so freaking frustrating, man. I tell people all the time, and people don't get it. I, I tell you, the players to play every night, right? And that's only half the battle. I mean, you—the real battle is what games you play, like, yeah. and how much money you put into these games. So basically, it's funny you say tonight, that. I say the same yeah. thing about betting that. Picking winners is only half the battle. Money management yeah. and how you how you attack it. You're right. 
like I don't love tonight's game. So I have a third. I have a thirty-three dollar tournament. I have a uh, a twenty dollar tournament and another twenty dollar tournament, and then I got one hundred twenty five dollars in head to head games. If I don't play those one hundred twenty five dollars in head to head games, and I finish in one of the, I, I make one the money one out of those three tournaments, I would lose money. And here's the thing. If you play just tournaments every night, only 20% get paid out, right? So think about that. 20% get paid out. How are you going to do that regularly and win? It's tough. It's just a, it doesn't add up. No, I know. It's a tough It's a tough rack. you got to have fun along the way. You know, money management. you gotta, and then you got to grind that, the, the, uh, yeah. the head-to-head the money head-to-head, out. You're so right. To keep you, it keeps, keeps your the money, bankroll keep up there. Right? Yeah. 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 It keeps you afloat. All right, uh, so Michigan have been keeping me afloat in this tournament. I've been uh, been riding them, and they've been it's been a great run. They've won 14 consecutive uh, basketball games. The Michigan Wolverines have, but the Villanova Wildcats guys—they're a dangerous team. And in fact, they can join the North Carolina Tar Heels. Oh. The 2009 North Carolina Tar Heels—the only teams to win all six games by 12 or more points. Uh, Villanova have won all five games by 12 or more points. They're five and zero against the spread. In the NCAA tournament, the point spread is seven tonight. Mine just went up to seven and a half and one forty-five and a half. Ooh, ooh, moving. You know, Tony, I was so mad. I never, whenever I bet in advance and I shop in advance, I always screw myself. I, I'm I not good too. at reading the market. So last night the total was one forty-five, and I'm like, man, the public is going to start betting this on Monday, and they're all going to bet on the over, and it's probably going to go up to one forty-six or something like that. And I'm going to bet it now at one forty-five. I went to 144 and a half. You know, I couldn't. It really pissed me off, man. I put 200 on it already. I can't get out of it. At, uh, but it's like you said. It seems to be creeping back up now. Yeah. Guys are getting home from work and they're starting to bet on it, and they're going to bet on the over. Yeah, it's up to 145 and a half now. 105 uh, for 100 there at 145 and a half. Michigan are plus 275 on the money line. If you're calling the outright special um, upset and. Listen, guys, I think Michigan can win this game. It's not improbable. We brought it up earlier. They lost four times this year, Tony Villanova. Yeah, uh, they lost, you they lost me, to Creighton. When, they I lost listen, to St. John. Yeah, when I heard those teams that you mentioned, Creighton, and a couple of those teams, I was like, that's not the same team I've been watching playing the tournament, though. I know, I know. It almost makes you wonder, how the hell did this team lose four games, yeah. right? And there's a big difference between losing you know, at Butler when you're already 21 and 0 and you're getting bored in the middle of the winter. Here's the and, thing. Yeah. Here's the thing I have a hard time going with, right? Villanova has seven guys that can all dribble the ball up the court, it all can dribble to the hoop and make plays on their own, right? And they have seven guys that can all bang the three-pointer. Like those that's NBA caliber skills and they have seven of them. How the hell do you get that many on one team? Uh, I don't know. You pay them. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John, John Beeline, the coach of Michigan, said, uh, he goes, yeah, I watched the tape uh, from uh, from the Saturday game of Kansas. He goes, I think we're playing the Golden State Warriors on Monday. <laughs> I mean, damn. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. I mean, they hit 18 three-point shots. Michigan did not shoot the ball well against Loyola Chicago. No. On Saturday. It was an ugly game. They didn't look very good, but they turned it up a notch with about seven or eight minutes left in the basketball game. They willed themselves to victory. But I almost prefer that in a sense that basketball is such a percentage sport, Tony. 
I mean, is Villanova going to shoot that percentage again? Are they going to hit 18 threes tonight? No. Uh, and then no. conversely, Michigan, every time Michigan in this tournament has played poorly or shot the ball poorly, they bounce back the next game and been pretty streaky. My point is, just because Michigan were, were tossing bricks on Saturday doesn't mean they'll toss bricks tonight. And just because everything fell for Villanova the other night doesn't mean everything will fall tonight. Every situation is different, yet when it's all said and done, you can't say that Michigan is the better team. Like, it would be a homer pick for me to say, oh, Michigan's going to win this game for sure. If Michigan wins this game, it's going to be a freaking close game. Michigan's not blowing Villanova out. Villanova could pull away and win this game by 10, 12 type of points. I don't really see Villanova winning a two-point basketball game. I think Villanova are either going to, you know, convincingly win or Michigan is going to win, essentially. Like, you know, I almost think the point spread is almost irrelevant, you know, that they either you know, get smoked or they win the damn game outright. But I'm going to cut my bets problem, in half. The only problem is that I, I hear a lot of people talking about the three-point game and, of course, the 18 three-pointers. But Villanova is better than them down low, too. Yeah, they are. That's the whole thing with Villanova. They're not just a three-point shooting team. Yeah. That's just one part of their arsenal, right? Exactly. It's not like they just rely on that. But I'm taking the seven points, small play on the seven, small play on the money line. I'm going bigger on the over. Uh, Major League Baseball uh, tonight. I'm taking uh, taking the Chicago White Sox, plus 150. I'm all about the Sox. Chicago White Sox, plus 150. Boston Red Sox, minus 140. Oakland Athletics, minus 150, and the Colorado Rockies, minus 110. So I got four baseball picks tonight. White Sox, Red Sox, Athletics, and Rockies. Those are my best bets of the day, Tony. Yeah, I'm going to go under in that Nationals-Braves game, under nine in that game. Uh, I think when you look at that one, uh, we talked about it exclusively. We can go there. I do like the Cleveland Indians, minus 125 in that contest tonight. I lean to the White Sox at plus 150. I just like the price there. And, of course, I'm going to give the run and a half with the Houston Astros, uh, who are playing against a pitcher that does not strike guys out, does allow fly balls, and should be a recipe for disaster against this Astros club. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to jump on the Astros as well. Is that at 8.05? Yes. Should be 8.05, right, Texas? Yeah. And they got, I think they get raising the flag and everything tonight. So That's uh, what I was going to say. These the first games, you never know. No, no, the game starts now. Oh. Yeah, so that, that's 6.10 there. Like, I guess to the home opener, right? So they're, uh, yeah. it's, it's earlier, 6.10. All right, great job in the booth uh, today. Great stuff, uh, Tony. Cam will be back uh, with us tomorrow. May the winners be yours, Sakata. Good night. Good luck. Other than that, you're on your own, guys. May the winners be yours. Keep it locked right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.